0: Money FM 89.3. The best of your money. Market view on Money FM
1: 89.3. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Ryan Huang, good morning.
0: Happy Friday, Michelle. How are you feeling? Pretty good because the weekends are on the corner. All right. How are you? I,
1: I'm just happy we have some young friends outside Yum. here for a radio tour. Always <laughs> oh, great to see Freshman. Oh, yeah, I see them
0: now. Interesting party happening outside.
1: <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Let's start this morning with two local companies, both of whom have an international outlook. Now, one is famous for its towers, the other for its app. In fact, you may have used their app to go to the towers or perhaps order food from there. I am talking. About Marina Bay Sands and Grab. So, MBS is reporting earnings. Grab has made an interesting acquisition. So, which one is doing better, do you think? The integrated resort or the super app? I'm going to start with a look at Marina Bay Sands. MBS's net profit jumped 36% in the second quarter of the year to 925 million US dollars. That is a lot of gambling chips, Ryan. What is driving MBS's profits?
0: Yeah, it's the travel restrictions being lifted. That's one big reason being cited. And also, Flight capacities rising, and that brings in more people, more tourists coming in. I think if you've been walking around the streets, you would have noticed more people, more tourists, and they, to some extent, are going to MBS, sometimes for the shows, sometimes for the casinos. So, all in, it is doing pretty decently for MBS. Uh, the thing here is what's happening in China. So, they flagged that visits from China guests remain what they describe as well below pre-pandemic levels. I think this is a familiar story we've been hearing, how Chinese visitors and, to some extent, Chinese spending is still not back to where it was before. And there's always this narrative now that we are hearing about them holding back, being more conservative, no tightening their purse strings, leaning towards saving rather than spending. And I think this is playing out in the tourism space. So that's not coming back yet, but... I think elsewhere it is looking pretty healthy. And if you look at the group which um, just posted adjusted property earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, that came in at $432 million Mm. for the three months ended June. And that's 24% higher. So it is on an upward trend.
1: Yeah. Looking at that trend, MBS's gaming revenue set a record during the second quarter of the year and its adjusted property earnings surpass pre-COVID levels. So with MBS's business doing so well, do you think it'll finally start building that long overdue fourth tower and indoor arena?
0: Yeah, there is, I guess, a stronger case for it. And yeah. just to cast your mind back, it was delayed in terms of construction because of COVID-19. Then, of course, rising costs for your materials as well as labour. So, there was no urgency in that sense for them to accelerate their plans on Tower 4. But now, with things starting to pick up, there is the argument, hey, maybe they need to stay ahead of the curve, build it before they come. And, I now... I'm thinking, hey, with the results looking quite encouraging, it is a case for them to start to accelerate those plans again.
1: Let's turn to Grab now, Ryan. The Singapore-headquartered NASDAQ-listed super app, Grab, has announced a new acquisition and it's in the real world, not in the virtual one. So what is Grab buying?
0: Yeah, so this might have taken some people by surprise. Grab on a shopping spree. Mm. Even though we've been seeing them in the headlines for other reasons like job cuts, it still has a cash splash somewhat. And it is buying a taxi company. So you might be wondering how they come together. So it's a combination of what they describe as just getting more drivers, which interestingly enough, they've been finding it hard to increase their workforce with and their fleets as well. So this, Mm. I guess, helps get around that problem acquiring a company alongside it comes with the drivers. So it gives them a larger fleet in that sense. So that's potential revenues. And this comes with the 2,500 vehicles under Transcap. And of course, um, there's going to be potential synergies and they will be able to also rent to these drivers as well. So a lot happening here and when you think about the technology that can uh, happen in terms of integration, these cabbies will have access to the apps that Grab runs and perhaps make their lives easier with the mapping system, with the booking system and maybe open up new opportunities for revenue.
1: Well said. Grab says it needs to buy TransCab because there is quote, an industry-wide driver supply crunch and that this has pushed up its surge prices on its app. You may have experienced it yourself, trying to get a Grab ride and just not being able to and waiting and waiting and waiting. So Ryan, what do you think? Will this acquisition lead to maybe being able to get a Grab taxi faster and could it lead to lower taxi fares as well? Overall, will this be good for Grab's business?
0: Yeah, I certainly hope so whether it's going to mean lower prices Mm. I'm not so sure maybe it will mean prices won't go up that fast Um, it is coming through with the integration of benefits as well so you have bear that in mind Grab is going to be offering these transcap drivers, what is giving to its Grab drivers, which means insurance benefits, also the access to what's called Grab Academy for them to upskill, personal accident insurance. So additional benefits for two thousand five hundred drivers. Who's going to pay for it? Question mark. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's me. So <laughs> that is something you have to take into account. That. The cabbies might be coming off better from this deal But will it translate to lower prices It doesn't seem that obvious going by the transaction I hope so, but uh, I'm not keeping uh, my hopes up
1: I have to say, I'm very happy about the idea that labour conditions for taxi drivers may be improving. Sure, we may have to foot part of that bill, but I think it's long overdue. If we take a step back, let's return to the question that I posed at the beginning of this segment. Which company, Ryan, do you think is doing better, uh, the Integrated Resorts or the app?
0: Yeah, Grab, um, of course, has been in the news recently because of the pressure has been under in terms of raking it in, and profitability. And of course, not too long ago, Mm. layoffs. And if you look at the upside, MBS, we talked about it, said that Chinese visitors are still not back to pre-pandemic levels. So when that kicks in, you can imagine what's going to happen. MBS is going to be enjoying more upside. So on that basis, I will probably lean towards MBS.
1: All right. Grab shares are up about 22% over the past year. That's not bad, but it pales in comparison to MBS's parent company, Las Vegas Sands. Shares of the casino counter have jumped 45% over the past 12 months. One more note about MBS before we move on. Another headline has caught my eye. The fashion label Ralph Lauren has opened an upscale coffee shop over in MBS. It's called Ralph's. And in addition to coffee, it looks like they offer some really great looking cookies and soft serve ice cream. What do you think of fashion meeting food?
0: (laughs) I think you can't go wrong with coffee in most places. (laughs) And I think with the Singapore market, you've got tourists coming in. It's an additional reason for them to stick around. So if you've got something to eat while you're browsing, hey, you're going to stay in the store longer and look at the stuff around you. Maybe think twice. Maybe think a bit more. Should I buy that sweater? Hmm, uh, maybe (laughs) I should. And then that's, I think, perhaps the experiential shopping experience we could be seeing down the road. No More shops, figure out new ways to make you stick around in the store. Good
1: point. Also, I think people just like the idea of sipping what sounds like sophisticated coffee. uh, Ralph at Ralph's. Let's turn to the US now, where it was a tale of two markets overnight. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose half a percent to post its longest winning streak in nearly six years. But... The Nasdaq slumped 2% on the back of selling in shares of Netflix and Tesla. On the earnings front, we have news from the bank and semiconductor sectors. I'm going to start with banks, where several small regional lenders are opening their books. Remember, this is a sector that triggered that panic earlier this year and which led JP Morgan to take over First Republic. Well, the banks are in the news today uh, and they are Trust Financial. They've missed the mark on their earnings. And Zion Bank Corp, mm. which is reporting stronger profit and revenue numbers, stronger than expected. Seems like a mixed bag, Ryan. So what message do you think analysts are taking from these bank results?
0: Yeah, I think it is a mixed message. So on the bright side, rates are going up and that's pretty good news if you think about the margins they can make, theoretically. Uh, But on the other hand, the deposits that come in, they have to pay higher interest rates to those customers as well. So the cost of funds goes up and I think that is what's happening here they are being squeezed on the front when it comes to profitability. Uh, so in general, that's what's paying out for banks. And of course, when you have rates higher, you also have a certain limit to how high they can go before people start to cut back on borrowing. So a bit of a mix back there when it comes to higher rates and how they benefit um, the banks.
1: Yeah, shares of Zion Bancorp surged 10% overnight. On the back of news that deposits are up, Trust Financial uh, sank 7%. After reporting a drop in deposits, even though its profits were better than expected. All right. Let's turn to the semicon sector now. The world's largest chipmaker, TSMC, is reporting its first drop in profits in four years. What is going on with all the buzz over AI? Shouldn't TSMC, the chipmaker, be doing superbly?
0: That's a very good point. I suppose it has pressures coming through from elsewhere. So let's look at the numbers first. How bad was it really? So, looking at the revenue, it came in actually higher than expected 480 plus billion New Taiwan dollars versus the expected 478 plus plus. Okay, net income also largely more than expected 181.1 New Taiwan Dollars versus around 172 But if you look at it on a comparison basis, revenue is down 10%, while net income is down 23.3%. Even though it beat expectations, on a quantum basis, it is down. And I think that reflects a slowdown in the device space, the demand for new electronics. And we've been hearing about this for quite some time. People are just not upgrading their handsets as fast as before and to some extent some base effects as well. Previously, in the past few years, people were buying stuff to work from home, new laptops and new devices. Now, that's coming off a bit of a cliff Mm -hmm. and they have to readjust to the new demand normal.
1: That's it. So, An electronic slump that analysts are talking about, uh, part of the narrative to explain why shares of TSMC dropped 5% overnight. Other analysts point out that maybe the AI boom has tempered TSMC's results and they were actually better Mm. than expected. All right, time for more corporate news and we do it uh, our daily game style up or down. Let's start with Johnson & Johnson. All right,
0: Johnson & Johnson is an up for me and this... With the numbers beating, second quarter numbers beating expectations. And it's also raised its outlook. It looks like it's able to pass on costs. And of course, in the pipeline, they've got more drugs they can push out. So that seems like um, they are
1: quite optimistic. Indeed, Johnson & Johnson stock jumped overnight after the company's earnings topped estimates. So J&J shares rose 6%. The company is also raising its guidance on its medtech business, which makes devices for surgeries, other medical needs as well. It seems the medtech business is booming as procedures that were delayed because of COVID are now taking place. So in my book, that is an up for G and j Let's look at Tesla.
0: All right, Tesla is going to be a down for me. And this is off the back of the results we've been talking about in the past day or so. Uh, margins under pressure and the comments coming through from Elon Musk suggest that there could be more pain to come. It might have to offer more discounts to ramp up the sales. Also, there's going to be potentially more expenses. It's going to be pouring in more money into new models to attract new buying so you've got expenses likely to go up so gross margins are likely to be under pressure so it doesn't look like the bottom is there yet
1: yeah investors dumped tesla shares overnight amid those concerns that the ev makers profits are shrinking tesla shares fell nearly 10 percent ouch elon musk lost 20 billion us dollars on paper as a result but you don't need to shed any tears for him all right he's still The world's richest man. Tesla is also still up more than a hundred percent since the beginning of the year. Another piece of Tesla news that I wanted to make sure got mentioned. Musk says Tesla is going to spend more than one billion US dollars on a supercomputer initiative. It's called Project Dojo. This is related to Tesla's efforts to build autonomous cars, not Musk wrestling in a ring. So I'm on the fence today for Tesla, but I think it's... I'll I'll still give it an up as well, Ryan. Our French games maker Ubisoft.
0: Alright, so these are the guys behind your top games like Assassin's Creed and much more. Well, it's going to be a down because net bookings for first quarter dropped. They did not release any new games in the latest quarter. What they've been doing is releasing new versions of older games. At least that is the focus. So it's quite a page out of the movie industry. Just keep sequencing or sequeling your biggest hits. And to some extent, also game cancellations and delays in recent years... We've seen how COVID-19 has disrupted a lot of things, mm-hmm. including uh, games, which have had to be cancelled because of budget reason- reasons. So that has an impact in terms of the pipeline. So um, based on Ubisoft's outlook, it is looking quite conservative. So I'm going to go down.
1: Yeah, I join you there. Are you a fan of the Assassin's Creeds franchise?
0: The first few, and then every single one that came after... All look the same. It is the same game with a different wallpaper.
1: Reminds me of you know the Matrix where they kept throwing canneries down the stairs? (laughs) Yeah, something like that.
0: So you're just climbing up a wall that's a different wall.
1: (laughs) Well, it seems there is a a lack of new game releases hurting the company that Ryan mentioned. Um, So Ubisoft uh, basically saw its profits drop more than 8% in the first quarter. That's a down. Uh, How is FIFA looking?
0: Yeah, I'm going down and it's in the news for the wrong reasons. right? If you don't need any more drama in football, at least um, this is something you can do without. So the FIFA E World Cup, which is the electronic virtual video game version of the World Cup. Mm-mm. So the finals ended in controversy because one player's inputs were shown doing a penalty shooter. As you imagine, when you're trying to take penalties, you're trying to keep your opponent guessing which direction you're going to kick, where the ball is going. But if you can see where you are pointing towards or where you're aiming at, then hey, there is not a good chance you're going to get a ball in the net. So that's what happened. One of the players, his inputs on the controllers were being shown to the crowd on the big screen. And theoretically, if the opponent saw what was going on, he would be able to get to uh, a better result. And believe it or not, he was a loser at the end of the day. Oh, so this is Mark Eleven. The winner was Mother Chor. so he had to suck it up and live with the results uh, of that. What Aww. seems to be unfair decision?
1: Oh my goodness me, that sounds dreadful. All right, let's look at Changi Airport. Brian. All right,
0: this is going to be up for me. Changi Airport recording over five million passengers for the month of June. So this is the wow. first time since. January 2020. So I was quite curious. Mm. Where are these people coming from? And the top five traffic markets for the second quarter were Australia, India, Indonesia, Malaysia, and Thailand. No Ah. China yet on this list.
1: Surprising. All right. Traffic at Changi is up and almost back to pre-pandemic levels. And that's why I thought China would be there in the mix. But it isn't. That's an interesting point, Ryan. More than 5 million passengers passed through Changi last month, all on their way to RWS, I tell you. That's where I saw them congregating. All right. Our last word for the day belongs to the good people at Amazon. Looks like they're entering the payments uh, sector. They have a new pay by palm technology. That's right. Instead of just, you know, whipping out your card or pulling out your credit card, you put your hand over a scanner. You pay with your palm. What do you think?
0: Yeah, talk about PayWave of different kind. Just show your hand to the cashier and there you have it. It's pretty clever, right? You want to make it as seamless as you can when you're making payments so you don't feel that you're making payments and then just keep paying and paying. It's almost like how you're pretty much doing the same with PayWave or... Any contactless payment, you just don't feel it, and then you don't see the numbers. You're not counting the cash. Everything is digital, and before you know it, you're spending more than you, uh, you were know, expecting. Especially when you forgot to bring your wallet. Hey, don't worry, you've got your hand.
1: I know. Oh my goodness, this is gonna make s- spending even more seamless. Next, they're gonna come up with. I wouldn't be surprised if the Vision Pro headset from Apple can detect when you want to buy something <laughs> and will detect your, you know, deduct your bank account. But uh, for now, Amazon is calling this Biometric technology, Amazon One. It's here. It's now. They're rolling out to more than 200 whole food supermarkets in the U.S., and they're also licensing the tech to other companies. The sandwich chain Panera is trying it out as a uh, solution at their baseball stadium in Denver, Colorado outlet. All right. That's it. Happy Friday, Ryan. Happy
0: Friday, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.